Welcome to the Red Sector Podcast, your home for MotoGP armchair analysis. Today, we explain who we are and break down the teams and riders. So for the first time, I'm going to get to do the same thing I have in common with Tom Hank and ask my buddy Wilson how the hell he's doing. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And how are you doing? Good. Good. Just excited to finally be able to do this. Oh, yeah. So am I. It's been, I don't know, it's been a long time. It feels like it's been a long time coming for me. Um, it, it's something I've always wanted to do and to finally start doing it. It's a bit surreal, to be honest. Yeah, it's, but, it's definitely like a dream come true. Like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's like, I would love to do something like that and just create something, but you never know what to do. And yeah, finally yeah. find something that you can talk to with somebody else. It, it's really like, it's really a great feeling. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it's something that we've, especially something we've both got common and something we can actually have some kind of decent debate about as well, mm-hmm. which always helps. Um, and obviously, I'm no, um, no MotoGP buff, so I can't tell you what the ins and outs of a MotoGP bike, but I can give you my armchair opinion, which goes a long way, so... Yeah, it's, I'm the same way. I've never raced a motorcycle. I I don't know. I, I, I watch the technical videos that MotoGP puts out, and I can yeah. kind of understand what they're talking about. But if you put me in front of the bike and was like, find this part, I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the same. I, I have a motorbike myself. I have a, I have a Suzuki Bandit 600. Which, okay. So I, I am a bit of, I'm a bit fond of, of Suzuki, I guess you could say I'm a I'm a bit of a fan, but I have a, yeah. uh, a 2005 Honda Shadow. It's more of a cruiser. Buddy. Nice. Uh, oh, a cruiser. Well, for the American roads, uh, yeah, that's what they're built for. Yeah, it's it's definitely better. Yeah. It's more of a laid back, casual feeling, not like yeah. right up on top of the bike going fast. And plus, my wife likes to get on the back and go riding too. So, well, that's, that's a bonus. Yeah. That is a bonus. Nice. Yeah, I, that that one really that that one really fit very well in the English roads. I don't think. Yeah. But, yeah, I figured at first we can sit down and explain who we are, explain a little yeah. bit of our racing history, and you know how we got into motorsports. So, how did you get into motorsports? Yeah, tell us about yourself. Um, I I I don't know. I've always liked things that go fast, and I've always liked things on two wheels and four wheels. Uh. My dad's always had motorbikes. I remember as a kid. Like, funnily enough, the first the first bike I remember in having was a Suzuki Bandit, a red one. So, I've always had an affinity with motorbikes and just just cars in general that go fast. Um, I I I was always in and out of love with the likes of MotoGP and and Formula One. I think that it it was just timing it. It was just having it, it making sure I was you know watching it when it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as uh, used to like Formula One, for instance, was on um, BBC, which was obviously free to air, and it was it was easy to watch it. But obviously, as as Sky came in and got the rights to it, it became hard to watch. And the same happened with MotoGP. Uh, and I joined the Navy, and I fell out of love with it. Um, before I joined the Navy, I was massively into the time of the um, of like the Simicelli days, and the you know with with Rossi and. Um, Lorenzo and, and Stoner and things like that and Pedrosa, uh, I love that era and then of course I joined the Navy in 2014 and as you do when you're in the military you, you travel around a lot and you don't you don't really get to follow 
things as as avidly as you'd like. Um, but now I'm I'm out of the navy now, so I can I can focus back on it, and I managed to to sit down and think, right, I want to get back into MotoGP, and of course I've managed to watch all last season, and I fell in love with it again, really. Um, so that's my kind of brief background and history with it. What about yours? Oh, and even though we don't live in a country, I will say thank you for your service. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I grew up watching NASCAR. Um, my dad was a huge NASCAR fan, and I watched every race every Sunday from the time I was six until I was about 18. And uh, at that point, I, I graduated college or I graduated high school in uh, 2008 and started working. I work as a mechanic and I, I went right into garages and all the garages I worked at, everyone was a hockey fan. I live right outside Pittsburgh. So the Pittsburgh Penguins are huge around here. Yeah. And uh, so I fell out of like, I didn't quit watching racing, but it just became like, uh, like, Oh yeah, that's there. But hockey is everything to me right now. And yeah. it was like that for a number of years. Uh, my kids got me to watch other sports. My son's a huge basketball fan. Um, he started playing baseball. And then my, my daughter got me into soccer. And I, since then, I've fallen out of love with hockey and the other sports. But soccer has been a consistent one. And it was about 2017 I started watching NASCAR again, and like more consistently. Yeah. But then I found out about Formula E from a video oh, yeah. from a yeah. YouTube channel called Donut Media. And uh, I started looking more into European racing and just like how it all, how it's all structured. And I'm, I'm a very organized person. Yeah. I started looking like, oh, every team only has two cars. The cars match. This is like, <laughs> you're the best person at the end of the season, you win versus a playoff style, which I've always hated. Yeah. If you're the if you're the best player or the best team or whatever, you should win, not have to go and play another so many games to determine if you're the best or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I get, that, I get, yeah. that European style of play really started to appeal to me, and I started looking more like F1 and – you know, other forms of racing, mainly four wheel over here. Yeah. And then I was listening to, it was actually an IndyCar podcast. Oh, uh, really? That they, they just mentioned MotoGP and they were like, yeah, it's basically F1 on two wheels. I'm like, wait a minute, what now? <laughs> and I, I started looking into it. And I'm like, I, I watched some clips and stuff on YouTube. I'm like, this is awesome. And I've always had, ever since I was a little kid, uh, I've always had an affinity for motorcycles. I, I actually remember the first time it was, uh, I was like seven years old. It was Batman and Robin came out. God awful movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. But to see Robin on a motorcycle, I'm like, that is so cool. I want one. <laughs> and so to be able to watch racing on two wheels in such a competitive environment, you know, it's it's not like F1 where you've got one – mind you, you have Mark Marquez, but the riding is a lot closer. Than yeah, watching, there's a lot more excitement. Yeah, it's a lot more exciting than watching Lewis Hamilton being 20 seconds away from everybody else. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I totally get it. Yeah, it's, you have Marquez winning a lot of races, 
but usually like he was fighting Davitioso for those wins and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's more overtaking on track as well. Even if Marquez mm-hmm. wins, a lot of the times he's not, he's not leading right. um, the whole race. Right. Uh, unlike he's an F1. For that win and he's, he's battling other riders and it's, it's just like you, they might, you know, pass him in the beginning of the corner, but then he sweeps around at the end of the corner and it's just like, yeah, you never know how a race is going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just so much more excitement. And that's what I've always liked about it. I think I remember the, obviously I was born in 94. So one of the, the memories I have, the earliest memories was of excitement in, in MotoGP was uh, Lorenzo versus Rossi. Mm-hmm. Obviously in um, Catalonia was that two thousand nine I think, and um, Rossi overtook him on the the last corner of the last lap. That was just that was so that was amazing. That was I just couldn't believe what I was watching at the time. It was just it was incredible. And we kind of saw a, in a way we saw a repeat of that last season with um, Oliveira uh, winning the race on the last corner. Oh, I will get into that because I have that in my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do I. But that it just it just goes to show that it, it's it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. It is really exciting, and it, it, it there's so much like with MotoGP. Not only do you get that, but you get Moto Two and Moto Three and yeah. Moto E. Yeah. You know, yeah, F, yeah. F1 has F1, F2, and F3, but F2 and F3 don't get as much publicity, I think, as Moto Two and Moto Three. No, the. Uh... I think the the key difference there is obviously the Moto Two and Moto Three they race every time Moto GP races. Yep. Whereas for whatever reason Formula Three and Formula Two don't. Right. Um, and that's a that's that that's a massive difference, I think, in terms of how much publicity they get. Um, and a lot of these teams, not only do they have a Moto GP team, but they have a Moto Two and a Moto Three team also. Yeah, like yeah. You, in F one, you see a lot of like, oh well, that that F two driver is a Mercedes driver, mm. but it's not like it's he's gonna he has a chance to make it up to the Mercedes no, it's just team. A, it's just an academy driver, right? It doesn't really mean anything. Where with MotoGP, you have like you have riders that uh, you know race for the Tech Three Moto Three team. And in a few years, you might actually see them on the Tech 3 MotoGP team. Yeah, yeah. But I figure we can get into these teams and breaking down the riders. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, so I figure we that, could go reverse grid order from last season. Yeah, that's what I've got. The, um, reverse grid starting with Aprilia. Yep. Uh, so for riders, we have Alicia Spargaro, who finished last season in 17th. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo Salvadori, who finished 25th. And Bradley Smith, maybe, who finished 21st. Smith has been... Yeah, listed. he didn't... He's he, listed he didn't on But he's not in any of their stuff. He hasn't been listed as a test rider, but he's like, if you go on MotoGP's website, he's listed as one of their riders. Yeah, he 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 was dropped for the last three races of of last season um, because he he came in to replace Ianona, who obviously got uh, who got a drugs ban, mm-hmm. um, and of course the, the, I guess the the, the 
Aprilia thought, well, he's not going to be in our long-term plans, so we might as well replace him now with... Um, Salvadori. Salvadori, yeah, who who will be the second rider from next season, um, which is a bit of yeah. an oddity. You think they would have stuck with him, but yeah, I, mean, I, I guess it's an Aprilia, Bradley Smith, drafted in at the last minute. What did he get? He got, but I think his best finish was 12th. Um, so, again, nothing to shout home about. And he just, yeah, I guess they thought there was, there was not, there wasn't really losing anything by getting rid of him and bringing in Sal- Salvadori for the last three races. And I'm pretty sure Salvadori was a rookie last season. Yeah. So, I don't know if they're trying to go for the, the young driver over a somewhat more experienced rider. Yeah, I think I think they would just wanted to bed him in for the last three races before before a full season's worth. Um, of course, we're going to discuss testing in the in the next episode, but mm-hmm. they're, they're having him out and they've they've had him doing his testing, of course, uh, for the upcoming season. But I think they wanted to give him a bit of a bit of experience on the Aprilia before before testing and before this new season. Um, but yeah, it's Aprilia though. The, the what the finished with fifty four points last season, zero mm-hmm. wins, zero podium, zero pole positions. Um, Aspargaro got, got forty three points. Like you said, he finished seventeenth. I mean, where do we? What do we say about Aprilia? Every season, every preseason, it looks like that they're onto something. They finally, they finally, you know, cracked the nut. They finally figured out that you know the the missing piece, but. It never, but, it never comes to anything. And this offseason in particular, they have been through the ringer, especially with the untimely passing of their founder, uh, Fausto Grassini. Yep. Um, the, uh, last year, that bike was so underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're one of the only team. I think they're the only team who was allowed to change the engine. Yeah. Now, because they're the only team that have not run a race. So. Mm-hmm. They, they have the um, the only ones who can do something with the engine this season. Everyone else is on engine freeze. Yep. Um, but it, can they capitalize on that? Can they maximize on that? It's it's going to be difficult. I mean, um, everything I've been reading or like watching videos on has said that like the they drastically changed the like everything else on the bike. Yeah. Too. They change chassis, aerodynamics. Yeah, like the, the bike looks completely different from last season. So hopefully yeah. they'll be able to do something. Yeah, um, I mean, what 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 have I got here? This little piece of this little fact: it's they only managed to finish within ten seconds of the race winner once the whole <laughs> of the whole last season, and I think that kind of goes to show how how far back they are um, in the packing order. And I I can't see. I can't see him making any ground this year at all. Uh, uh, hopefully, they can do something. I don't. I don't have high hopes. Maybe they no. can finish not last in the championship. But well, that'd be nice. Um, but I mean, the only way is up, literally for them. But I'm, you just got to wonder where where it's going to come from. Um, I mean, Ducati, a vintage Ducati, who we'll come on to in a second, but they finished tenth last season. They've got new two two new rookie riders. That's the only the only team I can see them maybe beating. But right, and that's getting onto that team. 
and this team has like three different names at this point. Because yeah. like you said, they're Avanti, they're Espanorama, but now they're Sky VR46 also. Yeah. It was it is um, confusing. It, it's and the website has them as Sky VR46, but if you Google them, it's still Espanorama. Yep. Um, they have an Aya Bestianini who finished Moto 2 in first and Luca Marini who finished Moto 2 in second. Um, mm. If you go by the VR46 name, Luca's moving with the team or Bastianini's coming into the team. Um, yeah. They are going to still use Ducati's, which was Espanorama's thing last season. Yeah. Because yeah. I think word is VR46 will eventually go to Yamaha in the future. That is the plan. Um, that's an interesting one because are they going to... Are we are we thinking there's going to be a, an, another Yamaha team on the grid? Or is that Ducati team going to disappear and become a Yamaha team? I'm not sure because I, there, I've also heard some like rumors that... Patronus may be switching from Yamaha. Um, oh. I, the, I, I heard this last season that there was like rumors that they were going to switch to Suzuki. But then in the past few weeks, they've said that they are trying to renegotiate with Yamaha, that their contract's up, I think, after this season mm. with Yamaha. Mm. And because one of the interesting things is we'll get into that team later, but Yama, Patronus has uh, Morbidelli signed to the team yeah. not to Yamaha. Mm. It'll, it'll be interesting what happens there, but I mean, as far as... I'm just going to keep calling them Sky VR46. It, it's two rookies. It, so... It, 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 it's almost... It's a bit of an odd one. It's quite a gamble I think they've gone for with with two two rookies. Well, I mean, okay, the two you know, two talented rookies. Um, but two rookies nonetheless. Um, because the the finished with 87 points last season when they were just at Avincia, Ducati, zero wins, they got a podium and they got the first um and they got a pole position both both firsts for the team and that was uh Joan Zarco, who, who oh, all Zarco, all Zarco for them too. Um, and he finished the season with 77 points, and Tis only got 10 points. So I can see, yeah, I can see why they've switched up, switched the lineup because, of course, Zarco has moved on to bigger and better things with Pramac Ducati, and mm-hmm. of course, Rabat just wasn't cutting the mustard, so to speak. So I guess you can see why they've got nothing to lose, really. Um, they're probably you could say they're going to be looking over the shoulder at Prillier, but I mean, you'd be forgiven for them to be thinking, "Well, we're not going to finish bottom." That that's a Prillier spot, <laughs> uh, right? So yeah, um, as I was saying, uh, Ducati are actually a quick one with Ducati as well. They're actually. Mm-hmm. Sticking with the 2020 spec Ducati bikes for both uh, riders, um, which will be interesting because I think uh, Sky VR46 Ducati and Morbidelli are the only are the only three riders who are 
actually having an older spec bike. Um, every other satellite team is having a current spec bike. Right. So that'll be interesting. So it's almost like the 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 not really the, the of a Vinci are not kind of too fussed with having the latest. They're they're kind of um, they're just being a development team in a way. For for um, Marini and Bastianini, so well, and that'll be an interesting. And one of the things from last season, that bike was proven, especially with uh, Jack Miller on it last year. That bike proved mm. it can yeah. race up towards the top if you have the right person on it and, and can do the right things with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that is the case. Um, again, with with Zarco, uh, just quickly on him as well, he. He he had a he had a good season last season with Avintia. He just he had a few controversies though. Um, when he when he he touched Paul Paul Espargaro and caused him to crash, that was a uh, that was a bit naughty. And, uh, but it, it, that it, was in uh, Brno. Yeah, yeah, that was um, it was it was a tough one though because it, it's hard to know who who would you'd lay the blame. At. I'd say it's just a racing incident personally, but. And I, know, I remember that race. That was one of the things. Like as soon as that happened, the Ducati boss was right over talking to the marshals about like what was happening, why that was happening. Yeah, although that 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 um, uh, the the long lap penalty was something to behold. Mm-hmm. The way he went around that was just—it was like he was on rails. That was crazy. And he, I've never seen anything. He like planted that. that left knee and just stuck it the whole way, and it was it was yeah. so smooth, beautiful. He, he, you could tell he was not messing about. Mm-hmm. He was on a mission. He was on a mission to get that that um, podium place. And the way he took that corner, you just knew he was going to get it as well, um, which was crazy. But uh, another, obviously, the other the other main incident, which which we'll come on to as well later, is the the almost where he crashed with Morbidelli and the yes. his, his and Morbidelli's bikes flipped over. Wow, that's that was that, uh, that was one of the craziest. Incidents I have ever seen. Um, yep. And just watching the footage over and over, that it's it's something to behold that things didn't get worse than what they did. Mm, yeah. It, it again watching the footage back, it it seemed a bit silly what what Zarko mm-hmm. did, but again it, during that moment. It, you can't really judge unless you're in that moment, and, it, and you are you are part of that because because everything's happening so fast. Well, and especially um, that track, uh, you're you're flying at such yeah. a high rate of speed coming mm. up that hill. Yeah, and there's a little curve. As uh, well. And if one little movement happens, he, he, there's no time to react at those kinds of speeds. No, definitely not. But I think they've learned now, and they've put barriers. I think across that section. Oh, that'd be good. Um, to stop to stop that happening again because that that was a disaster way to happen if you think mm-hmm. about it. But oh, just quickly as well, I was going to add in a livery rating as well. So oh. Aprilia, Aprilia racing team, what are we thinking out of ten? The livery. Ooh, out of ten. I I'm I'm I like it. I do like it. I'd probably give it a seven. Really? It, yeah, it, seven. I'm gonna go with an eight. It, it's definitely nice. I like the red and the black. You can never go wrong with yeah. those colors. 
Um, I do like, I think it's interesting that they added the little, the duct on the front brakes with the A on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, yep. there was, uh, one of the things I read about that bike was that there's little touches that Fausto had on his bikes through the ages. Mm. That's a nice yeah. touch. Definitely. Lovely. For the Sky VR46, it's it's a simple blue and black. I, I'd probably give it a five. It, it's yeah, a simple bike, was... but there's a lot of like sponsors all over the place on that bike. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Uh, I'd give it a six out of ten, probably, and that's being a bit generous. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just think there's not really. Again, there's not much going on with it. Yeah, it's just a blue and black. Right. Uh, yeah, and there's too much sky. There's too much sky everywhere. Yeah. Like you said, sponsorships. But it's a VR46 bike, so that, I guess a point for that, I guess. But <laughs> um, And who do you think is going to finish? Um, who's going who's gonna to be the better rookie <sighs> out of them two? If I... Because they were, they were very... They were, they were a close match. Yeah, they were very the first and second last season. I would probably mm. give it to Marini. Hmm. If I had to guess, just because he it being a being Rossi's little brother, yeah, he, he's. Yeah. Ha- I don't know how much experience Bastianini has, but you know, being able, to, he's been on that bike, that you know, Sky VR forty six bike. Now, granted, they're moving to Ducatis, so it'll be interesting to see how they do on those. But on a, something about Marini, yeah. Uh... I think I'll go with you on that one. I think being being Rossi's half brothers, um, probably a little bit of an advantage, maybe a little bit of of um, extra pressure on him as well. Right. But I think I think he he just might edge out Bastianini. But again, we we're going to have to see take into account things like reliability as well. That can play a massive part. Right. So and that's moving on to the next team. Speaking of you yeah. know, teams that have other brothers on it. Uh, yeah. Repsol Honda, which this is weird wow. seeing them third from the bottom. I mean, if we, if we were going to do a, if if we were doing this podcast coming into last season, we would not have put Repsol Honda oh, no. ninth. If we were doing a prediction. Um, no way. This is like Mercedes being ninth or eighth in the. And if that if something like that happened, you know things went horribly wrong. Yeah, which you do indeed is what happened last season. Uh, this team has Paul Espargaro, who finished fifth last season, uh, Mark Marquez, who finished 25th, and for the time being, Stefan Bradl, who finished 19th. Yeah, um, you know, the Marquez, he's still recovering from the arm surgery. Um, mm. this whole season basically depends on if he comes back, when he comes back or not. Um, yeah, if he can yeah. come back within the first few races, he could challenge for the title. If it's he's coming back halfway through the season, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, uh, who is it? Stefan Bradl again? Who's who's yeah. standing in? If if Mark can, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I think it exposed it exposed something serious within Honda Repsol. Which you, you you can forgive them for this mistake, but they had built that bike solely around Mark Marquez mm-hmm. and no one else. 
But why would you? I guess why would you not? He's the person who's winning championships year in year out. Right. Why would you not build it around him? But at the same time, there was no. They, right. If you lose him, you lose you lose it. Your source of points, your your source of podiums, your source of wins, pretty much. Well, and if um, if you look at like where they like, because it was um, last season, it was Alex Marquez and Stefan Bradl. Mar- Alex finished fourteenth. And Brado yep. finished 19th, and Alex had some good races, but it's just there wasn't the consistency. No, that the first half of the season was was poor from both of them. I mean, he he didn't they didn't really they, they, again because it was built around Mark. Neither of them, especially Stefan Brado, because he was on Mark's bike technically. Mm-hmm. Neither of them could get could. Pound the pun, but get to grips with it. They, they just they had no real affinity with it, no feel for it or anything. Um, I think Alex Mark has managed to become more confident with it because during the mid-season, in mid-season testing, they rebuilt the bike for Mark Marquez, like retuned it, and that helped massively. But um, it was too little, too late in terms of for anything in terms of wins or or major or, or lots of podiums. Obviously Alex did manage two podiums, mm-hmm. which was incredible um in itself. But and the other factor with this team going forward is that Paul Spargo is coming in, uh coming yeah. off the KTM last season. Mm. Um he, so far he's doing pretty good on the bike. And it's not surprising because KTM basically modeled their bike after the Honda. Yeah. It it's going to be interesting because I, I can't I can't tell if he's made the right move yet or not. Of course, we won't know until until um, halfway through, through the season, most likely. But it it seems like he was onto a good thing staying at KTM. But mm-hmm. and I'm sure I, I listened to a, another podcast where they they discussed they were saying that Paul was on a Spanish podcast. And he was saying he, he he's always in half a mind of whether he's made the right decision or not, right? Um, because of the the pressure, because of the fact he's the the fact he's he's got to relearn everything. Um, you know, he's got to, he's got to get back to that level of of chemistry with the the pit crew and um, things like that. And then he and he's got to start again when he had the, he was starting to actually get somewhere with the KTM. He'd put all that blood, sweat, and tears into being at that team, and now he's he's gone before he's even kind of reaped what he's sowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to find that that's going to be one of the interesting points for me for going into this season is how Paul does because that team is still, in my opinion, it's still a Mark Marquez team. Right, it's still a team that is that's mentality is around Mark Marquez and. Um, even though they're not sure that he's coming back, I can imagine that bike is still not ready. He's still not kind of perfect for someone else other than that. So, um, uh, they made improvements for it because, as we saw with Alex, he hmm. later in the season he was able to get better finishes with the bike. It's just early on, yeah, the, the bike wasn't developed like you said, wasn't developed for anyone other than Mark. So. They, when he went down, it became like, oh, we have to make changes so this bike can be ridden by somebody other than Mark. Mm. Yeah. He, 
it will be interesting. I'm I'm glad Alex got kind of got a couple of podiums, and they came out of nowhere really as well. No one's expecting them, mm-hmm. but it just shows how a team can adapt in the end if right. they really put put their mind to it, and that's what happened. And Alex Marquez, Mark, Mark Marquez has always said that Alex Marquez is is faster than him, which is scary actually if you think about it, but. Kind of proved that he is, he is able to kind of deliver the goods. He's able to get on the podium, and he's definitely got race wins in him. He's just got to be on the right bike for him. Right. And speaking of Alex, uh, the next team, LCR Honda, uh, which has Mark Marquez, who finished fourteenth, and I, I'm not even going to try to say his full first name, which I have typed out here. It's Taka Nakagami. Yeah, it's like Takakai Nakagami. Yeah, I'm finished. I'll, I'll Taka, Taka. Uh, I put this is the team with two different bikes. Yes, and it's uh, always confused me. Oh, and you said for uh livery rating for Repsol, I'm getting oh, yeah, I'm gonna go six. Yeah, um, it's the same as it always is. Yeah, it's. It is. It's a, it's the Repsol bike. It is. I I'm gonna give it a seven. It, it's a nice bike, but again, they they never change it. It, it hardly ever changes. I might as well not bother doing a reveal every season because we it, know what it's gonna, gonna be the bike. same bike. It'll be the same bike. In fact, you could they could reveal an old bike and no one would bat an eyelid as to what's changed on it. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, well that looks different because you know it. Yeah. It's never gonna. It's never really gonna substantially change unless Repsol goes and they get another sponsor in. But yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Now LCR, I'm giving them like a three. These bikes look awful. Wow. Well, this is they, the first time we differ on uh, an opinion. Like, there's the, the, the two different colors, and then all of the sponsors all over the place. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things. Like if you have like like the Repsol or the Red Bull or like uh Monster, like just one big sponsor. All right, cool. If you've got like a hundred of them all over the place and they're different on each bike, you, you lose points for me. Mm. I, yeah, I can see that. They, they have, they have plastered it with, with sponsors, but I don't know. I like them. I like I like how they look. I like the fact that they look different as as they usually are. It's quite unique. You don't really see it in many other sports. Um, but I'm I'm going to give them both an eight out of ten. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's a strong one. I, I do like them. Um, I mean, going on to the riders, like we, I mean, we pretty much talked up Alex already. Um, yeah. Back to back second place finishes in uh, France and Aragon. Um. He is leaving the Repsol team to come to the LCR team, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does on what some would deem of a lesser bike. Mm. Although but, it is, it is a, it, it is going to be a twenty twenty one bike. Okay. Um, even though it's a satellite team, it's going to be a twenty twenty one bike. But again, it's not the factory team, so right. You, again, you've got to you. you it's all right having a 2021 bike, but if it's not the factory team, you're not going to get the, the full support of, of the factory. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops, the uh, the, uh, the LCRs develop. Um, 
over the coming season. But again, it, for Alex Marquez, again, touching on um, testing, which we're going to do another episode on, but he's had a lot of crashes already. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's, he's done his ankle in, I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd seen. Uh, he, he has a facial? No. Uh, I think I'm thinking of somebody else. I know I saw Longer. him a fracture. Yeah, uh, in his in his left ankle, I want to say. Okay. Um, but I think he's crashed four or five times already. Um, and we all know that, the, of course, it's quite sandy there. Right. It's not the ideal conditions. But, I mean, to crash that many times, it's it's a bit concerning. Maybe is he pushing it too hard? Is he is he just put? Is he simply just pushing the bike too hard? It, it's it's difficult to say, I guess. Um, All right. As, like, as far as Taka goes, I mean, we haven't seen him go down as much. No, we haven't. Um, although, I, although, although I the think... only time he did. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the only time he did was when he was leading the race. <laughs> right. And that's, he. I mean, he made huge improvements based on previous season. He finished top 10 in every race but two. And one of those being where he earned a pole at Aragon and then lost it. In the fir- I think it was the first lap or the first couple laps. Yeah, the first. I'm pretty sure it was the first lap. Like well, I- three corners in. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. But uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if how he does if he can make the step because you saw and later on in the season he started like pushing more. He was mm-hmm. almost in poles. He got the pole. He was fighting towards the top. It's just. Can he, like, can they develop the bike to get him mm. there? Through he, the he, um, he grew in confidence. Apparently, it's because he, he studied Mark Marquez's riding style mm-hmm. and copied some of Mark Marquez's setup as well. Uh, because essentially they wear similar bikes, so um, that helped. That seemed to help massively. Um, and in the case, his confidence did grow as the season went along, but it was just managing pressure. That's what Nakagami seems to... Of course, because he's not used to being at the front, he's not used to leading. So it's difficult for him to... It's going to be difficult for him to, to maintain that because it was such an easy mistake to make or it was just a simple mistake. I remember watching it and it, it, it couldn't have been any... It didn't feel like it could have been any slower. Of right. A crash. <laughs> And he even said about that crash, he just he grabbed the front brake at the wrong point. Yeah, and it just sent the bike out from under him. Mm. And and when you and that just proves if you're not if you're not leading it from the front all the time, you you, you can sometimes have a have a slight error of judgment due to pressure, and that's the race is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's positive steps. It's positive steps for him, and I have no doubt he's going to be. We're going to be seeing him at the front more and more over the next few seasons, um, which is a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Crutchlow again. Um, it was a it was a poor season for him last season. Uh, he just could not he just could not get a, a handle on that bike at all. He just he did did not complement his riding style, which is a shame. Um, And speaking of complimenting Ryan Styles, moving on to the next K- team, KTM Tech 3, Danilo Petrucci. 
did not hand, have a good time on that Ducati last season. No, not all. Uh, um, he finished 12th, so, and he did manage to get a win in France in the rain, of all things. Mm. But he just it could not confine consistency on that Ducati. No, I think it, it, I think partly it's probably due to the fact he knew he was leaving Ducati. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't care anymore. He seemed, he, he, you know, it was just kind of I'm just going to ride for the this season. You know, the bike's not. Yeah, a, and wh- whatever happens, happens. Yeah, if I get a win, I get a win, which he did. So happy days. Um, but I'm thinking this 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 stint at Tech Three could be. We might not see the last of Petrucci. Um, near the front or or on the podium, I think. It's, uh, he's teamed up with Ika Lakawono, who finished 20th last season. Um, I th- this is his sophomore season, mm. so it'll be interesting to see how he's developed since his rookie season. Yeah. Um, again, with, with I'm going to butcher his name, Lakawono, he, he did have to miss a few races. Um, mm-hmm. He missed three races due to COVID-related, uh, and his best finishes. So it was a it, it it probably was a rookie season to forget, but at the same time he wasn't terrible. I just think right. I think he he could be a slow burner, and with again Tech Three having going into this season, Tech Three are going to have twenty twenty one bikes as well, um, mm-hmm. factory bikes. So I think this is going to be his season where he's going to be judged. Um, they'll probably give him a free pass for next season, most people, me included. But again, with with Petrucci, I think again this season he could he he could be quite potent on that tech three. And in my opinion, that's a that's a nine out of ten uh, for livery as well. Oh, that livery, yeah, it's getting a nine. It's yeah, it's pro- it's the best because it's the only one that changed. Yeah, and you uh, have- they dropped their ties with Red Bull, so they were basically able to go and do whatever they wanted. They didn't have to have the, I think it was the Red Bull organic cola logo yeah, like they had yeah. in past seasons. It, it, you're definitely going to see that coming. Um, mm-hmm. Which will be good. But Tech 3, I, you know, the, I think they did, they did well. They, they did above expectations. They've got two wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, they were both Oliveira's wins, which which were both brilliant, and he, he deserved them. Um, and they got a pole position. That Portugal was just... Was just magical for for Tech Three and Oliveira. I mean, the way he commanded that weight race, I just it was almost like everyone else had their engine dialed down apart from apart from Jack Miller. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a mad race, but it was one mm-hmm. that I think Oliveira almost he was destined to win. Um, yeah, it. it... That, I mean, just that Portugal race, he was able to not only get pulled, but dominate the whole race. And then that come from behind uh, pass in at the Red Bull ring is yeah. by far the greatest overtake I have ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Just to have, like, you're you're watching the first two and you have no idea he's in third place. You're like, oh, he's just sitting back. We're going to see who. And then he just comes right around the two of them. Yeah, and you, you, I immediately went watching that race, jumped out of my seat, and lost it. Yeah, I think everyone did. That was it. It, it wasn't expected. I think 
a funny thing as well is Jack Miller apparently he he um he had a fright because he thought that it wasn't just uh, Oliveira coming through. He thought it was the rest of the pack as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was quite funny. But um, he he knew what his game plan was. I think Oliveira. I think he could have got in the mix a lot earlier, but he thought I'm just going to wait and sit back because these two are tangling and you know they they could even collide and that'd be me straight through. And which is kind of what mm-hmm. happened. So it was perfect, and the, and that the the red bull ring as well. So it was it was a home win, right? Um, so yeah, KTM. I think I think for seventh place last season, I think they'll be trying to get sixth or fifth this season. But they've they've got a lot of work ahead of them. I I, I don't want to be too. Although I've said that uh, Petrucci and Lacuna, sorry if I'm butchering that name. Um, and I've said they, they could do that quite well this season, but I, I almost feel like seventh is maybe the best they might get. Um, but we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Well, and one of those teams they'll be battling for that sixth place is Monster Energy Yamaha yeah. with Fabio Quattararo and Maverick Vinales. Um, this team, is it, it's all going to depend on how they do coming into the race. If the race is perfect, I could see both of these riders, you know, stepping up and making something of a race. Mm. If there is the slightest deviation for either of them, this team's going to be nowhere to be found. It's, I mean, Yamaha factory racing, I know they finished, they finished two places above Repsol Honda, but arguably they did, they did worse this season, considering what they had on a plate. You know, but Mark Marquez crashing out, being ruled out for the season. This was Yamaha's season to win a, a championship. Mm-hmm. This was Vinales' season. This was Rossi's season to go and win another ch- a championship, another championship in, in Rossi's case. And they just blew it from from the first race, like their engines blew up. <laughs> it, it, well, and Quad, I mean, Quattroers won the first two races. He dominated at Jerez. Yeah. But then, and then he got the win. I think it was at Barcelona. But then from there, he was just like tenth or like right in that middle of the pack area. Yeah, because and was nowhere. Yeah, he was on the he was on the the twenty spec um, Yamaha, the same as Vinales and Rossi, and they just that bike of all the seasons to get the bike wrong, they chose one hell of a season to get it wrong. Because mm-hmm. especially with the engine issues they had with their valves, yep. make, you know, using different valves and that they had reported with, and they they basically threw this whole season away. Yeah, they, they had to send them engines back to Japan. Then they got a, a points penalty for for a valve change. Um, Vinales had to start from the pit lane because of an engine quota exceeding engine quota. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I, we can give them a. I'd want to give them a bit of slack because. Hereth was the one of the warmest races we've ever had in MotoGP, but I mean, no other, no other um, team suffered really. Um, right, and Vinales' brake failure as well in Austria—that was that was some that was scary. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was yeah for him to just go off and yeah. turn. I think that was turn one. Yeah, just straight and basically just dump it and let yeah, it ride straight into a wall because he couldn't stop. That was that was scary. But again. It, he was apparently, um, obviously, as it transpired, he 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 knew that them brakes could fail, 
or we're, we're in danger mm-hmm. of failing. And I think it was Alex Rins. Was it that crash that stopped Alex Rins from winning, winning the race, or was it Joanne Mayer? They were, uh, I think it was Juan Mir. Yeah, but the Suzuki were not happy with Vinales for that because it, it did scupper their race because he, he was on to win. Um, Juan Mir. Yeah, because uh, the Suzuki uh, championship documentary that's on MotoGP Video Pass, yeah. that one of the things they talked about was that race and just how you know, it, that looked like Mir's, st- like when he was actually going to start. Battling for the championship, not a few races yeah. later, like he actually. Did. Yeah, I, I it, it was definitely a, it did knock him off the stride a little bit, but it was silly from Vinales or, or from just the, the Yamaha team. But and again, we've got to talk about Rossi. You have to talk about Rossi. I mean, uh, what happened again this season? The first, the first few races, he he seemed to be doing all right. He seemed to be. He got uh, the podium in this the second race, was it? Um, yeah, he got he came third in this yes at second race after his en- his engine failed in the first race. You know he had some steady. Then he got up two fifth places. He had a ninth, a fourth place, and he was he was it was steady as she goes from from Rossi, and it was just a kind of consistency mm-hmm. you kind of you needed in the in the early part of the season to really mount some kind of challenge, and then. Six races on the bounce without scoring a point. I, it it just the the wheels really came off. And that's it's that's one of those things you have to wonder. Like, what was that due to the engine issues they were having, mm, I, or was that an issue uh, with Rossi? It it was definitely both. I think again we we saw him lose that level of performance, but at the same time you did see Vinales. When he won in Masano, um, he he smashed. I'm pretty sure he smashed the the qualifying record there. Um, mm-hmm. So you, obviously his engine was working fine at that point. I think it was just Rossi making mistakes. Um, when he made it at, at, in France, he was he was on for a podium easily in France, and then he just lost it out of nowhere. Um, again, in Spain at Catalonia, lost it. It's just. Uh, it was tragic. I, uh, it, it is tragic, and I think, I think the writing was on the wall, and and the love was there was no love lost. I think between Rossi and the and Yamaha factory team, I think he said on a number of occasions or that the the Yamaha engineers didn't take on board what the factory riders said, um, or they didn't care what the factory riders said. Any kind of tips Rossi and Vinales gave to them about how the bike needed to be, what what direction it needed to go in. They'd take it on board, but they wouldn't actually do anything with that information because they knew best. And I think right. that's a bit of a culture at the Yamaha factory team. The engineers know best. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the things about have, being a Japanese team. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, the next team, Pramac Racing. Uh, this team has the third... Uh, the last of the three rookies with Jorge Martin and Johan Zarco, who we were talking about earlier with Espan Marama. Um, like you said, he earned a podium in Czech, uh, basically carried that Ducati yeah, yeah, team. I mean, yeah. Ducati was able to win the Constructors' Championship last season, and a large part of that was Zarco. Yeah. Um, 
Jorge Martin, he's coming in from Moto2. Uh, He did decent with finishing fifth. Uh, This is another one of those teams, uh, being that it has a rookie on it, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Uh, Yeah, again, with Martin, um, did he finish third in the Moto2 Championship? No, fifth. fifth. Again, it's odd that he was put on the Pramac. I've not really found anything to suggest why Martin was chosen for the Pramac. And not Bastianini or or um, or uh, Bastianini. Yeah. I think well, Mar- Marini would probably be because of his relationship with yeah Rossi and that mm-hmm. Sky VR forty six team. I mean, it is interesting that Bastianini didn't get picked up, but I would. Yeah, you know, it could. I don't know if he was part of that. I know he wasn't on the Sky VR46 Moto2 mm. team that Marini was on, but I don't know if maybe he was part of that, you know, uh, the, what do they call it, the ranch? Yeah. It does, the crew, like, almost like Morbidelli yeah. was. It does seem an odd choice to have Martin there and not Bastianini, but again, the, the, obviously this thing's behind closed doors, which meant that that happened mm-hmm. um, that we don't know about. But it is going to be interesting. Again, Pramac Ducatis, both of them are going to have 2021 um, chassis, the 2021 bikes. So mm-hmm. that'll be, that will be interesting. We'll, we'll get to see Zarko on a competitive bike and see what he can do. Um, again, Jorge Martin, we can see what he does on a bike. Um, it's going to be difficult to compare him to the other two due to the fact that they're both on different bikes, um, Marini and Bastianini. But um, I'm not expecting much from Martin because it's his first season, but he might surprise us. Um, right. I'm hoping he does. I'm really hoping he does. But I think Pramac Ducati did, they did do last season, I think they did very well to finish fifth. Um, again, Jack Miller carrying most of the points because Bagnaia had a few, I think he broke his shoulder, his elbow, something like that. No, he broke oh, tibia. tibia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was disappointing because, again, breaking his tibia, but Bagnaia's got a lot of potential, I think. And we didn't really, obviously, we didn't get to see that realised last season. Um, right. But I think he's got a lot to show and he's got a lot to prove. And I think, again, on the factory bike this season, he'll do, I think he'll be a match for Miller. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top between them two. But, uh, uh, quickly as well, we've got to mention the Yamaha livery. What do you think? I just thought of that. <laughs> we keep forgetting these. We keep forgetting them. I'm, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm teetering on six or seven. Um, I mean, it's again, it's the same as it was pretty much last season. They just changed uh, where the sponsors are a little bit. Yeah, exactly. They have. Um, not much change, but it's still a nice livery. I don't mind it. So, yeah, seven. Definitely seven. And, and then with Pramac, probably a six. Yeah, I, I like it better than last season's. Um, but Yeah, they tweaked a few things with it, but they didn't like, overhaul yeah, it completely. I think, yeah, I'm going to go with the six out of ten. I'll go with the six. Um, 
moving on the next team, Ducati, and I'm gonna screw this up. Lenovo, yeah, Lenovo, Lenovo. The Ducati, which side of the pond you're on? That's how you say. And I mean, these two riders, it's Pecco Benyaya and Jack Miller. I mean, we were just talking about with the uh, Pramac team. Jack Miller basically carried the Duke, the Pramac team last season. Yeah, he did. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does with a factory Ducati bike. Yeah. Um, again, I think it, he's, he's impressed in preseason testing by the looks of it. He's impressed massively. And I think he's going to be one to watch this season. Um, he, he's As long as Ducati's got the bike right, of course, which they seem to... You never know if they have or not, but if they have, then he's going to be a title contender, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then, like uh, like I mentioned earlier, Pecco, uh, last season he had that tibia fracture. Uh, he was still able to earn a second-place finish mm-hmm. in San Marino, which, caused, which made the best picture I've ever seen, where he was walking to the podium holding a cane yeah. and just looked like a badass. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we've got a lot to, we've got a lot more to see from from Bagnaia, and I'm I'm quite excited about it. But Ducati last season, I know they finished finished third, but again, I felt up finished, um, yeah, finished finished fourth even. That's that was disappointing for for themselves and from I don't know for all armchair uh, sports sportsmen that that was just disappointing from Ducati. They should not finish in fourth in mm-hmm. a season like this. Um, no, especially with Miller or um, Marquez yeah, being out, especially, and with Miller being as good as he was, I mean, him and Morbidelli had some of the best battles yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, they were they were really good, and I think Ducati, I think the 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 the, the jump the gun on on getting rid of Davizioso, in my opinion. Obviously, we don't know what happened behind mm-hmm. the scenes there again. It, yeah, there was a lot of stuff with Davi and the politics. Mm. The Red Bull KTM factory team, as they're called. Um, we, I mean, we talked about... Oh, right. Also, Ducati, Ducati 9 out of 10 livery. Oh. Just throw um, that in there. That I'm is, giving that a, a 9. Yeah, it's, a, it's I think it's a lovely livery. I think it's just it's simple. It's simple. It's a simple... That dark livery. red with the black. Yeah. It, it, and then, like the way they've made the aerodynamics for that bike, it it looks so good. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's, it's always been one of my favorites. Last season's was my favorite, probably, but it does look good this season too. Uh, for the Red Bull KTM, I'm gonna give it an eight. I am a I am a yeah. Red Bull junkie. Um, so anything Red Bull, I love. Um. It's it's kind of like the Red Bull Racing F1 team. It's it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yep, yep. Eight out of ten. Yeah, it looks good. Um, as far as out, we talked about Oliveira earlier, being that he was with Tech Three last season. Um, mm-hmm. Brad Bender, who won Rookie of the Year, earned KTM's first victory at uh, Brno. Uh, and then yep. that was about all he really did. Um. Yeah, that's all. That's all she wrote. I mean, he he. Do, I mean, he did great. I rewatched that race actually like a week or two ago, and it's funny because I yeah. did not remember that race. 
I get like if I thought about it, I could remember every race, and I'm like, and I, I I'm like, wait a minute, they raced at Brno? When was this? Yeah, I think it's because it was it was only the third race of the season, and I always I always imagine it being like midway through the mm-hmm. season. But yeah, it was the third race, and it, it just seemed. It, it it just you you forget that it even happened. It's, and it, it was such a and the only reason you really remember it is when you look at like the winners and you see Brad Bender you're like oh yeah that race he won. Wait, where was that? Mm. Yeah, and he finished. He fin. You see, he lost the race afterwards. Eleven. But then, I, yeah. It's and, and Miguel uh, Oliveira technically finished. Well, did finish ahead of him. He finished ninth. Yeah. I mean, a big part of that was that Oliveira got a got a win at Austria and Portugal. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 he's a he's a bit of a, a paradox. Is about the mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know he he seems to be he seems to have gone been able to go either way during last season, uh, and unfortunately he went the latter. He had that quick bit of success at the beginning of the season with that win, and then that was it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he got fifth place in the second to last race at Valencia, and yeah, that was about it. I mean, other than that, he was battling below the below tenth place most of. The- yeah, disappointing from someone who showed so much promise and on a bike that that really had it together this season. That KTM as Oliver approved twice. Um, but going into this season, I think they've they've definitely got they've they've got something about them, and I think they can easily keep third spot in the championship. And that's a, they've made a bunch of changes to the bike. I like like you said, we'll get into testing another on Sunday, but they they haven't really like brought everything together. It's like they're more or less trying one little thing here, one little thing there. Mm. And they still haven't even used the uh, twenty twenty one motors yet. They're still using twenty twenty motors. Mm, yeah, it it's definitely it, again it, getting into. We'll get into test on Sunday, like you said. But they do seem to be. Um, I don't want to say sandbagging or holding back, but in testing, they don't seem to be showing as much promise as as what we we all thought that they might do. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of not having as much promise in practice, Petronas Yamaha. Uh, yeah. You got Franco Morbidelli who finished second, and you have Valentino Rossi who finished 15th. Uh, the team last year was all, well, I can't say all Franco because Quattararo being there last season did, you know, he got three wins, and so did Morbidelli. He got three wins uh, and two more podiums on top of that. Uh, that whole team, it's going to depend on how, what, how Rossi does. This is the first time he's going to be on a satellite team in like most of his career. So it, it, it's going to be one thing we would have been, we would have seen Morbidelli as champion if it was issues, engine mm-hmm. issues. Um, because he put him on hell of a season. Um, he got the most wins out of anyone. Yeah, well, he tied for the most wins because uh, Fabio uh, had yeah, three also. Yeah. 
Um, like you said, those engine issues that it really killed that team. And they, what could Fabio have done had those engine issues yeah. not been there? I mean, it, there were some races where he, I, I can't remember what race, but he he had an engine failure. Yeah, I think it was the second race. No, race two. Maybe? No, because race two was Jerez. He won that one too. Uh, did he? Uh, I thought his first win was Misano, wasn't it? Was it France? It might have been France. He had an engine failure. Actually, I know something happened in France. I think he did. But it, it's just one of those things, like, uh, that team is, uh, like, you look at last season, it's like, what could have been for that team Yeah, had everything gone the way it should have? Mm. Um, yeah. But it's going to be interesting mm. to see what the team does going forward now that Rossi's coming in, because well, and can it, he handle it's... being on a satellite team? Mm. He, I think there'll be a new lease alive for Rossi. I think there will. I think he'll he'll have new confidence. Apparently, yeah, uh, Patronus team do it a lot differently. So, fact, Yamaha factory team do it. Apparently, Patronus team are a little more laid back, a little more blase. Um, they like to mess about a bit, which kind of suits Rossi, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but the key thing for me is Morbidelli will be on a a twenty nineteen hybrid bike. So he he he's essentially on a similar bike to what he was on last mm-hmm. season. And if the if Yamaha have sorted their engine problems out, that could be that could be a, a well. It simply put, could be a championship winning bike. Um, again, due to Yamaha's uh, problems with its current bike, I know that um, Quartararo wanted to be on the 2019 spec bike for this season, and he got told no. So it is down to Morbidelli, I think, already. And I think based on what he was able to do last season on the same, he'll be pretty much be on the same mm-hmm. bike as he was last season. It, it, yeah. As long as they don't tweak too much, he could battle up towards the front again. Yeah, I think Morbidelli, along with Jack Miller, are two that are right up there to be championship contenders next season. Right. Um, speaking of the championships and not tweaking, hopefully not tweaking too much, yeah. Uh, Suzuki with Juan yeah. Mayer, who is the champion, and Alex Wren, who finished third. Uh, I mean, both te- both riders seemed to dominate last season. Poe had, or Mayer had yeah. seven podiums, but only being, only one of those was first place, where Wren's mm. earned four podiums with one first place. Uh, yeah, it's. it's it- it's crazy. I mean, if, when we talk about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're on the boat Suzuki, really. Um, because, again, they just they just got it right last mm-hmm. season. It's as simple as that. They got everything right from the from the, the, the bike itself to integrating the new Michelin tyres on it to the riders understanding the bikes to just kind of just and not taking too many chances when they were racing right. and just being consistent. And it was just that you know, being consistent. Like I said, Mir had seven podiums and Rins had four. Yeah. So it was just like being not always winning the race, but being able to be up towards the front every race. Uh, the one thing they did have to change, and they had no choice on this, 
was their team boss, Davide Brivio, leaving to go to yeah, F1. I was, I was gonna bring that up. Um, the, yeah, I mean, it, they say that they figured out how they're going to run the team going forward, but mm. is was he like a linchpin for them that helped to get them to the championship? Yeah, apparently he was a big kind of middleman between uh, the back in Japan, Suzuki back in Japan and um, Italy, mm-hmm. where the where the team is based. Apparently, he was a he was a massive, he was a big middleman and and helped them to kind of be on the same page. So without with him gone, you you do wonder is that going to continue, or are we going to see what what happens usually with Japan, whereas they kind of end up doing their own things? Well, and they've said that um, they like instead of having bringing in a new team box, they sort of like divvied his responsibilities up between like multiple people. Hmm. Hmm. And you got to wonder is that going to backfire? We'll we'll have to see. I think. I think Mayor does stand a good good chance. Rins as well. Um, if obviously he finished third last season. So he does have a good chance of uh, of the championship again, um, but we'll have to see. Um, we really will. I, I I don't want to say this was just a one-off for Suzuki because I, I hope it's not. But you do have to feel was this just right place, right time for Suzuki, or was it actually something fundamental with the team where they are and now a championship contender season in season out. Mm-hmm. Um. But oh, and quickly we we forgot uh, again uh, the, the liveries uh, for Petronas. Yeah, uh, um, I'm gonna give it a probably an eight. I like yeah. I like the blend of colors. Uh, one thing I didn't think I would like as much is all the yellow that comes with Rossi's bike and you know suit and everything. Mm. Yeah, you know, whenever I first saw it, I like it. It, it like dawned on me. I'm like, oh yeah, all that yellow that was on his bike and his suit from last season, that's all like a Rossi thing. And then seeing it on the Patronus, I'm like, that actually looks pretty nice. Yeah, it, it does suit it. I think, in a way, because we're so used to more um, Rossi being in that yellow, mm-hmm. it probably would have suited any bike he'd have got on. But I do think it, it does complement, they do complement each other. And I, I do quite like it. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And for the Suzuki bike, I'm probably again. I'm gonna go with an eight. It is. I, there's not much has changed, which is good in a way. Um, they added the monster but, logo at the bottom. Yeah, monsters definitely gonna be a bigger sponsor. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, yeah, I, I did like this. In last season's bike was also the hundredth anniversary for Suzuki. So that was a big part of it. And now I think this season they were like, okay, now that that's done, we can kind of like change this a little more. Yeah, I feel, I feel like seven's actually more appropriate, um, to be honest. But I, I feel that nothing's re- again, yeah, nothing's really changed on the Suzuki bike. But there, there wasn't. I don't feel like there was much to change um, on it. So. And that's a lot of these, but a lot of these teams, they didn't really change much because they're like they really couldn't with all the COVID restrictions and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Tech three was the only one who changed, but again, I feel like a large part of that was because they they're not the Red Bull Tech three racing anymore. They're just KTM Tech three. Yeah, 
So they were able to yeah. like do whatever they wanted to do with that bike when yeah, they went with the KTM orange. Yeah. They wanted to look different because they did look a bit too similar to Red Bull KTM, mm-hmm. I think, due to the fact that they were a Red Bull branded team as well. Right. And I guess they want that, that they do want that bit of identity um back. So it, it is a nice bike. It's like the McLaren of the of the, the bike of the MotoGP world. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like that'll do it for the first episode. Yeah, um, I think that is. I think we've we've gone an hour at least. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> um like like we said before, we will be back Sunday to go over testing. Um yeah. it, it's it's gonna be a wild one because they've been all over the place. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. It's um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, an interesting episode on Sunday because there's lots to discuss because testing was interesting and a lot's come out of it uh, and we're not even done yet actually uh, I think I there's think, still a day to go. I was about to say I, I don't, it either finished the like the last day was today or it's finishing like tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow as far as I'm aware. But either way, there's a lot to discuss. Um, <laughs> but. If anyone's made it this far through, then uh, I, I, I applaud you. Yeah, I applaud you, and uh, really thank you for listening. And, um, and I'm I'm gonna feel so douchey saying this because I never thought I would have to say. Please like, subscribe, uh, all those other podcasty things. Comment. Yeah, that's that. Exactly that. You. <laughs> and we're um. And we hope to see you all on uh, Sunday for our our um, testing roundup as well. And hopefully, and I put feelers out there in like the Twitterverse. I, I'm trying to come up with a catchphrase like to sign off with. And oh yeah, yeah. I, I I almost stole Andy's from uh, Outlap, and I was gonna say, and may all your sectors be red. And I'm like, no, I can't do that to him. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too close. It's a good one, though. It's a really good one. But and that's what makes oh. that man so smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn. So we will yeah. see you all on Sunday. See you on Sunday.